Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lentz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about our live stream church services, the Walk in Truth podcast, how to donate, and how to find us on social media when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 10, called Gospel Distortions. Last days in 2 Thessalonians, if you turn over a few pages to your right, you'll get to 1 and 2 Thessalonians. These uh, letters have much of their themes have to do with the last days or the end times. Paul is talking about the day of the Lord to the Thessalonian believers, 2 Thessalonians 2, and he says, this will be a characteristic of the last days. He says, 2 Thessalonians 2, 3, let no one, 2, 3, in any way deceive you. For it, the, it is the day of the Lord from the end of verse 2. The day of the Lord will not come unless what happens? The apostasy comes first. And the man of lawlessness, most scholars believe that's the Antichrist, is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God, and Paul says, five, do you not remember that while I was still with you, I was telling you these things? In the last days, I know a lot of people are talking about last days revivals, and that's certainly my prayer. But if we truly be in the last days, what we are going to see, according to 2 Thessalonians 2, is a mass defection. And I believe if you turn back to Galatians, it's going to happen because the church is going to go through a time of trouble. And can you imagine if the church is going through a time of trouble and a man of lawlessness appears who you got to take his mark to be able to buy or sell, you have life and death decisions, if you will, being made. Many people who sat in churches Sunday after Sunday from 2 Thessalonians 2 will defect. What's that mean? They will abandon their faith. They will say, I no longer believe that. I'm no longer a Christian. Now imagine that's happening today at record numbers. Imagine if we entered into a time where persecution became prevalent in America. Now I'm not making a prediction. I'm just saying imagine if it happened. We think it's hard to be a Christian now, right? In some of the craziness we see in the world. And Paul says, I'm amazed. I, I can't believe that you guys are making this quick departure from grace. Let me say to you, if you leave grace, where are you going to go? If you leave the free gift of salvation found in Jesus Christ for another gospel, pray tell, brother, sister, where are you going? In John 6, Jesus gave this difficult teaching about uh, his body and his blood, misunderstood by the masses, by many. And people said, this is a difficult teaching. Who can listen to it? And John, this is ironic, John 6, 66 says, that many of his disciples, after that teaching, followed him no more. And Jesus turned to the 12 hand-picked apostles and said, do you want to defect? Do you also want to go away? And Peter, thank God, said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. We ain't going anywhere. We've come to know and believe that you are the Messiah of God Apostasy, 
defecting is sad. Some of you are in this room and you have someone who led you to Christ that's defected from the faith. Someone who became a mentor to you and they're no longer even going to church or studying the Bible. Some of you may remember that there was a story told in the book by Lee Strobel, The Case for Christ, where he documented the story of Charles Templeton. Charles Templeton was a contemporary of Billy Graham. They were both preaching to huge crowds and seeing big responses to the gospel, preaching to thousands. They say that Templeton was being as effective as Billy Graham. Well, Templeton one day picked up something like a Life magazine. He saw a picture on the cover of a woman in Africa holding a dead baby, and the caption read "Why something like this, why does, doesn't God send rain? And he said that catapulted him into agnosticism and bordering on atheism. And he began to write books against the Christian faith and against the Bible. And he became a voice of the opposition. Templeton went this way. Billy Graham went this way. Now, many of you have never heard the name Charles Templeton because Charles Templeton died sadly with his legacy being writing books about the Christian faith. And Billy Graham led probably millions of people to Christ. So Lee Strobel was curious. He was a reporter for the Chicago Tribune. He had that kind of instinct. So he goes out to interview Templeton. Templeton's at the end of his life and he's battling uh, uh, Alzheimer's or dementia. And he has lucid moments, but he's, he's definitely getting ready to die. So they talk about what turned Templeton and he's lucid and he talks about when he changed in his books. And finally, to make a long story short, Lee Strobel looks at Templeton and says to him, but what about Jesus? What about Jesus? And Templeton says, I miss him. I miss him. And then, if I recall correctly, the story in the book, Within a matter of weeks, Templeton dies. Defection. Imagine what Templeton's life could have been had he went to the right instead of the left. Imagine two evangelists like a Billy Graham simultaneously in the world preaching the good news of the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But the truth is that defections happen all the time. The idea of the quickness of their defection has been pointed out, is related to Exodus 32. Would you turn there? This is the second book of your Bible, Exodus chapter 32. This is the story of God delivering the Israelites from Egyptian bondage with the 10 plagues, the parting of the Red Sea, all those incredible miracles. They make a covenant with God, Exodus 32, in blood. Moses begins to introduce them to the law. And finally, he goes up on Mount Sinai to receive the law from God. That's the setting, Exodus 32, verse 1. Now, when the people saw that Moses delayed, he's up on the mountain, to come down from the mountain, the people assembled about Aaron. Aaron was Moses' brother and the high priest of Israel. And they said to him, Exodus 32, 1, Come, make us a God who will go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we don't know what has become of him. And Aaron said to them, no, we shouldn't do this. Stop, I'm the high priest of Israel. I have religious problems with what you're suggesting. None of that. He said, well, tear off the gold rings, which are 
in the ears of your wives, your sons, your daughters, and bring them to me. Then all the people, three, tore off the gold rings, which were in their ears. They brought them to Aaron. He took this from their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool and made it into a molten calf. It's the famous golden calf. And they said, this is your God, O Israel, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Everybody write in your Bible, oy vey, what are they doing? Now when Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it, the golden calf. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. See the word Lord there? That's Yahweh, Y-H-W-H. So this is the amalgamation. Hey, we can worship the golden calf and we'll have the feast to the God of the Bible too. That's what people try to do all the time. Can't we have a smorgasbord? You know, a little of this, a little Buddhism, a little Christianity. Isn't it all okay? Well, check it out. So he, he says, we're going to have this feast tomorrow. The next day they rose early. They offered burnt offerings, six, bought, uh, brought peace offerings, and the people sat down to eat, to drink, and rose up to play. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and said, go down at once for your people whom you brought from the land of Egypt. Don't you love that? <laughs> have corrupted themselves. They have, key word for our study this morning, quickly turned aside from the way. Now many of you see that phrase and you know that the way was an early description of Christians. They were called followers of the way because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Now the way here in Hebrew thought was from the way of worship of the Jews, the way of life. They've quick uh, turned quickly aside from the way. Here, God's saying it from my way, which I commanded them. They have made for themselves a molten calf, middle of eight, have worshiped it, have sacrificed to it, and said, This is your God, O Israel, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Now, if your God, and if I could just park for a moment, as you could turn back to Galatians and, and say the Bible sometimes paints these pictures of God having feelings, emotion, how would you feel? You just rescued these people from Egyptian bondage with 10 mighty plagues or miracles. You open the Red Sea, drown the Egyptian army. You're about to give them your law, and they've already broken the first and second commandments. You shove. I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. You have, you have no other gods before me. Don't make an idol. There they are, dancing around, partying it up, proclaiming that this is their God. If you move from grace, you move from God. Because God is the God of grace. The gospel is about a person, Jesus. Not just a message. It's about a man, the God-man. You cannot remove Jesus from the gospel. He, he's the message. So if you move away from the gospel, you have moved away from Jesus. You've moved away from the God of all grace and the gospel of grace. See, grace is what called us in the beginning, amen? We were sitting in a church, maybe in an a, a evangelistic meeting, and we heard the call. Isaiah 66, 4 says, Because I called, but no one answered. I spoke, but they did not listen. They did evil in my sight and chose that in which I did not delight. If you desert grace, you go back into bondage. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment.
Life on the go can make it difficult to catch up on your study in the Bible. If you think about it, Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance is here for you, kind of like a daily supplement to help your spiritual growth. You can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want because it's on podcast too. Subscribe to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. For example, if you have an iPhone, we're on your iPodcast app already on your phone. Walk in Truth is also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. So listen on your hike, during your drive, or while you're getting work done at a coffee shop. Basically, listen whenever you want. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Hey, Shane Lance here, and I wanted to take a quick moment and encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer. This is a quick read from scripture with a little bit of commentary, and it's a great way to keep you growing in your walk with the Lord. In our crazy society right now, with all the things we jam-pack into our schedule, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's hard to find time to study God's Word. But it is so important as we grow in our relationship with the Lord to study His Word. It's such a vital aspect to our walk. You can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Again, that's Step Closer as one word to 33222. We really believe here at Walk in Truth that this can be a great instrument in helping you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So once again, we'd encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer, and you can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. You move from God. Because God is the God of grace. The gospel is about a person, Jesus. Not just a message. It's about a man, the God-man. You cannot remove Jesus from the gospel. He's the message. So if you move away from the gospel, you have moved away from Jesus. You've moved away from the God of all grace and the gospel of grace. See, grace is what called us in the beginning, amen? We were sitting in a church, maybe in an a, a evangelistic meeting, and we heard the call. Isaiah 66.4 says, Because I called, but no one answered. I spoke, but they did not listen. They did evil in my sight and chose that in which I did not delight. If you desert grace, you go back into bondage. And this is what happens. Later on, when the people of Israel, Numbers 14, if you're a note taker, write down verses one through four of Numbers 14. They want to stone Moses and they start saying, let's appoint a leader to take us back to Egypt. We're going back. You know why? Because we're sick of the diet that we've been eating. Banana pancakes, manicotti. (laughs) There's only so many things you can do with this stuff, right? We missed the steak and the onions. Yes, we took a bite and we were being whipped in between. <laughs> but, but the food was wonderful. Steak and leeks and onions, I miss it. Right? You ever uh, traveled abroad and uh, maybe they don't have the typical restaurants we have and the first thing you get back is Miguel's and then In-N-Out. It's somewhere in that order, right? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. You're kissing the floor of In-N-Out. People think you're crazy. That's... That's sort of what the people of Israel did. They were sick of the diet. They had forgotten that they were slaves. And do you know the enemy does this to us? 
I would submit to you that there may be somebody sitting here right now who's on the verge of apostasy, defecting. Because being a Christian is hard. It's not easy. And if that's you, and you've been attracted to Egypt, which is a type of the world, and you've been maybe thinking about a caravan to head back there, I got news for you. You might get your steak and onions, but you're going to get the whip and the bondage again too because the enemy will remind us of the fun times we had, and sin can be fun for a season. We're, we're with our friends and all that stuff. But we rarely have the memories of the next day, Right? in front of the so-called porcelain God with a small g. The regret, the emptiness, the guilt. See, we get a partial picture. It's, it was fun. and it's a, Yeah, it was Egypt. You were in bondage. And this is what Paul is saying. God rescued you. Why would you ever go back? In 1 Corinthians 10, Paul uses the wilderness wanderings of Israel to warn the Corinthian believers. Take heed, lest we fall. We've been delivered from the domain of darkness. We've been transferred into the kingdom of God's beloved son. We have redemption and the forgiveness of our sins. Jeremiah says to Israel, has a nation changed gods when they were not gods? But my people have changed uh, their glory for that which is not profit. Be appalled, O heavens, this is Jeremiah 2, 11 through 13. At this, and shudder, be very desolate, declares the Lord, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, Jeremiah 2, 13, the fountain of living waters, to hew out for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Why would you exchange the living water for broken cisterns? Why would you exchange the living God for a dead idol? Why? Well, because we get lied to sometimes. But a different gospel is a different God. And that God is impotent to save you. You guys read through the Old Testament, you see how many times did God say, okay, well, go call upon your idol now and see what he does for you. The idol that you made with your hands, the idol that you created, the idol that has eyes but can't see, ears but can't hear, feet but can't walk, See if they'll save you. Cry out to them for a while. You see, this is the silliness of going anywhere else, going to a different gospel. Verse 7, which is really not another. It's no gospel at all. If you have the uh, NIV, it's no gospel at all. The ESV says not that there's another one, but there are some who are disturbing you, and they want to distort the gospel of Christ. The church was in confusion and chaos. Some years ago, I had a pastor friend of mine, and he told me that his church was in a season of division, serious division, and it all came from one man. One man was going into the small group Bible studies. He had a hobby horse doctrine that he couldn't get off of, and he started to preach it to the small group Bible studies, make his case, and he was questioning the pastor's theology. And the church ended up divided. Flip over to Galatians 5 for a second. Even though the language uh, tells us that there's a group of people that are doing this, preaching a different gospel, they have a leader. Galatians 5.10 says, I have confidence in you, 5.10, that you will adopt no other view. But the one who is disturbing you shall bear 
his judgment, whoever he is. Now, the language in chapter one, if you flip back there, is that there's a group of people that are causing the confusion, but they have a ringleader, and that's typically what happens. They had one guy stirring the pot, and he was agitating the people, and the idea of uh, disturbing is a Greek word, terrasso, and it means to cause inner turmoil or confusion. It's a word in the Gospel of John where Jesus was in turmoil as he was facing the cross. He was deeply troubled, and the disciples were troubled. It means to stir, to agitate, to cause heartache or heaviness or confusion. And this is what was happening. This troubler was stirring it up, stirring the pot. He was causing soul distress in people. One writer says, the trouble uh, with a lot of us comes from pressure, and often troublesome times in our lives. Think about, for example, a person who comes out of a cult or a world religion, and they become a Christian. And now their family begins to say, if you're going to follow that, and some of you may be in this spot right now, uh, we're going to disown you, or you're going to have nothing to do with the family anymore. You see, when, when this happens, it's not always about theological things, you guys. When someone is in a system, it's about family. It's about emotional distress and pressure. It's about, hey, this is all my family's known and our culture and everything. And now to become a Christian is a huge move. And sometimes people go back to old traditions and systems because they can't take it. They can't take the alienation. They can't take the threats. And so they go back to their old ways or old habits. These leaders were saying, Something like this. Well, if you believe that simple gospel of grace, you're not really saved. You see, it appeals to us to do something. They might say something like this. Well, it's, it's Jesus, but you got to do these 10 other things or these 20 other things, and then you could be saved, which appeals to me as a human because now it's my self-effort. If I could check the boxes, then I can know. And, but, you know, when we end up in heaven... There ain't going to be no boasting about what I did, what you did. We'll be rewarded for it. But the only thing we're going to boast in is in the cross of Jesus. Amen? You see, there's going to be no boasting about how many doors I knocked on or how many people I led to Christ. That's why I'm here. No, no, no. You're going to be in because of the grace of God. You've been listening to Gospel Distortions Part 2 on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 1, 6 through 10. And just a reminder that you can watch the video of this message on walkintruth.com. And while you're on our website, would you please consider giving a small donation? The Walk in Truth show is listener supported, and we're able to broadcast on this station and do the podcast because of your support. And that's also how we're able to do our 633 apologetic events for free. So, if you're a new listener, do not give. We're just blessed that you're listening. But if you've been listening for a while and you can do it, can you donate $5 today? We believe that the Lord is faithful and that your $5 donation is going to go a long way to help us keep this ministry going. So you can give your $5 donation when you visit walkintruth.com and click on donate. That's walkintruth.com and click on donate. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, hey, I want to take a moment on behalf of the staff of Walk in Truth to thank you for your financial partnership and whatever you're able to give to this ministry. We are both humbled and grateful for all of you who have responded to partner with us. And it, 
You know, it tells us something, brothers and sisters, and, and I'll tell you, we're in a studio, we're, we're putting content out, and we're praying, and we want to honor God, but we don't always know <laughs> what's happening out there where you are. But when you respond with a, an email saying, hey, I'm blessed by the ministry, when you give feet to your faith by giving to us, I'll tell you, it means the world to us, more than we could tell you. And it means that we have opportunities to both continue what we're doing and potentially expand what we're doing. And I'll tell you, as someone who is the main teaching voice on this program, it is my passion to see this ministry go everywhere the Lord wants to take it. And if he wants to take it around the globe, that's what we want to do. And he's big enough to do it, but he uses his people to partner with us. Just as we're learning, if you've tuned into the book of Ezra, it's a partnership. God leads, but he also asks you to take a step. And for those of you who have taken a step to give, you're praying for us. Even if you can't give right now, we appreciate and deeply covet your prayers. So please pray for us. And please make sure you check out the services on Sundays at walkintruth.com. Click on the church tab. You can watch with us on our YouTube channel. You can join us on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. for our midweek service. And we, we just really appreciate you. We just want to tell you we love you. Keep uh, pressing on in your faith in Jesus. And we'll catch you next time. Have a great weekend. Join us next week for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 10, called Gospel Distortions. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. We hope you have a great weekend. And don't forget, it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.